and welcome to Stationary Adjacent, a podcast at the intersection of analog and digital productivity. I'm Justin Twyford and joined as always by my friend and co-host, Stu Lennon. Hey Stu, how's life in Cyprus? Justin Twyford, as I live and breathe, it feels like forever since we've spoken. Um, it's it's lovely here. Yes, things are, are tickety-boo. We're in uh, autumn, as I would call it, or fall, as it might be called uh, in your neck of the woods. Um, it's it's lovely and warm, but not as horribly hot as it has been. Um, yes, life is good. There's a lot going on. How about Canada? How are things there? Oh, good. Well, we are back after an unexpected uh, absence. Uh, I got a meeting request to go down to the city last week uh, instead of recording on the day we were going to record. Um, it was about 22 and a half hours between getting up and getting home the night uh, after just to go for a sort of one hour meeting. It was uh, brutal. Um but, uh, you know, I can't complain. The boss ignores me most of the time and lets me get paid for living up here. So, um, you know, uh, I haven't been back for, well, months. So, uh, yeah, you just kind of go, yes, sir. I guess you're up to date with your podcast then. I mean, <laughs> that's a lot of commute time. Yeah, it's, uh, what is it, about uh, four and a half hours each way. Um I, I woke up early and thought, oh, well, I'll just leave early and uh, I'll have a nap when I get into town. Um, I don't know if uh, you noticed any of this when you were back in London, but um, I pulled into a rest area in the Lower Mainland, a place called Aberystwyth, which is about an hour away from where my office is. And I thought, you know what? There's a nice rest area here. I'll pull in and I'll have a I'll have an hour or so just nap in the put the seat back and have a nap in the car. And it has been invaded by full-time RV dwellers. Um there were tents everywhere. There was junk on the floor in front of all of the unmovable RVs. Uh, it 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 was scary. Like it looked like, um, yeah, uh, I, I know there's a high housing crisis out here, uh, but this was oof, a painful reminder of it. Did you see any of that in, in London, homelessness and uh, forced homelessness and things like that? Or is that uh, just something that we're dealing with up here? No, I mean, there's, there's, you know, perennially a lot of homelessness in London. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those, those great sort of paradoxes that you know the the capital of the world one of the richest places on the on, on the planet and there's you know people trying to sleep in cardboard boxes in doorways um i, I didn't notice if there was any more or any less it, you know it's just been a constant for me so what's what's causing a, a housing crisis in canada well, the house cry, the house prices are uh, just crazy. Obviously, COVID affected a lot of people that were getting paycheck to paycheck if they weren't working for a while. Um, cost of living with our interest rates going uh, astronomically high compared to where they've been for the last decade or so. Uh, just a combination of things. Um, I had to drive into Vancouver. Uh, well, I had somebody else drive because I was in my big truck and uh, I didn't think that would make those uh, little lanes uh, around Vancouver. Um, the amount of development, everything has been demolished. Everything's gone into high-rise condos. Um, it is so busy. And now I haven't been into Vancouver itself really since COVID. Mm. Um, so it's been three years. Uh, but it was a, it was a complete sticker shock. I felt like, I felt like the hick from, from the farm coming in, you know, cousin Jet, uh, with a piece of straw sticking out of his mouth. Jeez, that's so busy down here. Um, it was absolutely, I was gobsmacked. It was so much busier than I ever remember. Mm -hmm. And, uh, oh, I, that's kind of why I didn't stay. I was wanting to hightail it and get back uh, to my little rural paradise as quickly as I could. Oh, it's so busy, still. <laughs> well, that's certainly true of London. But, um, you know, I do my best to fill my time with, you know, going to shows, going to nice restaurants. It's all a, it's all a bit of a sort of 
a tourist experience, if you like. Um, but I have to say that when I get on the plane, uh, whichever one of the ridiculous airports there are around London, um, and I sort of just sit back and think, okay, I'm going home now. Get the, the headphones on, mock out the world. And yeah, I'm always relieved to be getting back to quiet little Cyprus. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, little is okay, but uh, quiet, maybe not. Uh, we got a new fire that uh, started up on the weekend. 10 oh, hectares uh, started overnight on Saturday. On Sunday, it was reported as 10 hectares. Uh, it's 1,100 today, category, what do they call it? Uh, four and five behavior. Um, there's an evacuation alert in place for the town above me and all of the communities in, in my town that are, you know, 10 minutes away from me. Um, scary. Mm. Very, very scary. That's getting a little close. Um, sure. The last uh, big fire we had about a month ago that took out uh, those couple of hundred houses, uh, that was finally noted as held yesterday at uh, 14,000 hectares. Wow. So these things uh, still go quickly. Uh, there's lots of winds. There's lots of... Um, you know, dry at this time of year. Uh, I was out in a different woods, cutting down trees for firewood um, on the weekend. And even though we're at elevation and it was a little bit drier, uh, we sh made sure that we took all of our firefighting supplies with us uh, because we do not want to start anything like that again. It's uh, it's crazy up here. Wow. Yeah, I mean, we fire season's still on for us, but we did have some rain the other day, which will have helped. Um, and all the ones that I've seen, I've seen them, you know, I've seen the smoke, uh, I've seen the choppers with the buckets, um, but we've not had anything close enough for me to smell, um, this last month. So, uh, touch wood, we're coming close to the end of the season now. I gotta say, I do love me campfire smell, but, um, not when you walk out of your house. No. Yeah. Not everywhere you go. <laughs> yeah. It's pervasive here at the moment. Uh, but anyway, you know, we're safe for now. Um, you know, I've got the RV ready to go. Don't want to take me long. Um, planning for this. Ah, it's crazy stuff, Stu. Mm. Um, I heard a friend of yours uh, had a plane flight today. Ah, yes. Um, uh, Chi-Chi, uh, Chicago, so named for her white socks, uh, is, well, I mean, she should pretty much about now, or maybe in an hour or two, she should be a UK resident. Um, she was... Uh, the, the kind of adoption thing, it all starts online and it's a very um, gradual process. So there's this little group gets set up between us, the foster family, uh, the charity and the potential adopter. And there's lots of questions asked and, you know, we're, we're coached by the, um, by the charity what not to say and please don't say anything alarming. And they, yeah, okay, cool. Don't talk about all the shoes that she ripped up and, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, did. Yes, don't mention that you've only got one one shoe for every pair that you used to have. And uh, this uh, woman in the UK, she's a dog walker. That's what she does for a living. Uh, she has two uh, apparently lovely dogs. Um, and she she sort of fell in love with a picture of, of, of Chi-Chi on the charity's site. And so... She wanted to, to take her, so she asked a few questions. We gave a few answers. Um, but this has happened before, so we, we're, we're a bit cautious about getting excited. Um, yeah. And there has to be a house check. So um, a representative of the charity checks that the house is suitable for the dog. Um, and I suppose has a bit of a look at the owner, you know, make sure that they're not some sort of psychopath. Um and then, well, there needs to be an exchange of funds. So uh, the it essentially costs, um, I'll try and do this in, say, in US dollars, around 800 um, for the person to, to adopt the dog. And that's pretty much all of that is the travel of getting the dog from Cyprus to the UK. Uh, now, there are obviously lots of dogs in the UK that need um, rescuing as well, but um, there is a whole sort of cottage industry of British people adopting dogs from Mediterranean countries because the problem is so extensive here. Um, uh, people, not all people, but many people see dogs as disposable here. Um, 
So again, you know, we were a little bit, you know, will it happen? Will it not? And then of course it's the, it's the usual thing. Once it starts, it's suddenly it's done. Uh, And so we were prepared to, um, I was going to be, be taking Chicago down to the the shelter today for a flight uh, tonight, but it all got brought forward. So I had to take it to the shelter last night for a flight first thing this morning. Um, And she's gone. There is no Chicago in the house. Uh, I've got a very confused Jack Russell who's going, hang on, mm-hmm. where's my lady friend? Where's she gone? Um, and yeah, I sort of, I, there must have been some, some grit in the air, I think, because both Mrs. Allen and I found ourselves in a, you know, slightly sort of watery eyes. Um, but yeah, hopefully she's off to a fantastic life, walking by the beach and uh, living la vida loca in the UK. That's a little sad for you, but, uh, you know, that's kind of always been the end goal. So uh, sure. I'm happy for you. You know, it's uh, it's not like you had this one for yourself and then. No, no, absolutely. Uh, somebody came and took it away. No, no, for sure. I mean, we, we had her for a year. Um, and I suppose for the first nine months of that year, she wouldn't come anywhere near me. Um, but the last couple of months, uh, she's been coming into the office, uh, usually because I've attached her to a lead and pulled her into the office. Um, but, you know, just hanging out in the aircon with the other dogs and me and just building a bit of trust and inevitably you get a bit attached. Crazy, 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 crazy. Uh, well, good for, good for Chicago. You'll have to let us know if you find out how she's settling in. Oh yes, I dare say by tonight I will have uh, updates, I hope. Good. I heard you're also a hit in the Lovecraftian horror narrative world. <laughs> I mean, just first off, how cool is it that there are communities for absolutely everything online? Uh, we can name a, an email from one of our listeners, Josh, who uh, sent us a link to an article that uh, somebody had written in the, uh, he follows this uh, this person for their Lovecraftian horror narrative, <laughs> which I'm not entirely sure what that is. And uh, I just think it's cool. Uh, but uh, both the podcast and Stu by name and Nero's notes, and even more impressive, Claire got the best shout out for Nero's notes, uh, much better than Stu did. <laughs> much deserved. I mean, yeah, Julian Simpson uh, is the writer. He's um, he, he's a proper writer. He makes a living from it. Um, he writes uh, scripts uh, and has an excellent newsletter. Um, he, well, he's got a couple of newsletters, but the the sort of the most recent one or the the primary one is Development Hell. Um, there'll be a link in the show notes. It's on Substack, but yeah, go and, go and subscribe. Um, there's a there's a free version and one that you can you can pay for if you want to read more. Um, but yeah, he's a, he's a charming man, and yes, he was very very kind about uh, about stationary Jason, about Nero's notes, and most importantly about Claire. Who he's no fool. This boy, he knows he knows who wraps his uh, his orders, um, and yeah, he's been a he's been a customer of Nero's for years. Actually, two three years, I think probably. Um, but yes, lovely. It gives you a warm, fuzzy feeling inside. It does. Uh, thanks for sharing that, Josh. It was kind of cool to read. All right. Uh, what are you up to, Stu? Uh, well, obviously dog exporting. Uh, that's been that's been quite high on my list of priorities, um, getting her all groomed up and uh, ready to go. Um, I've been listening to, to more music and less podcasts of late, um, perhaps inspired by our last episode. Um, just sort of reliving some some wonderful music, uh, which is great. I've enjoyed that. I've also discovered uh, something that everybody else probably discovered five, ten years ago, so bear with me. Um, apparently there's a thing out there called YouTube. Uh, it's, it's terribly exciting. Lots of adverts, I find. But um, there's, a, there's a sort of thing on it called um, reaction videos. So mm-hmm. uh, you get people reacting to uh music or well to anything but uh a couple that i've watched there's um a sort of very young hip black guy hearing luciano pavarotti uh sing ness and dorma for the first time that's quite interesting <laughs> just to, oh he uh, had no idea music he, he doesn't say it in a sort of received pronunciation accent like mine but it says i have no idea music like this existed um and there are some, some there's an american couple um two women who uh they they clearly got military connections in their family um and so they watched 
uh, what do they watch? They watch The Funeral of the Queen. Uh, they watch Trooping of the Colour. They've watched uh, The Royal Edinburgh Tattoo, Pipes and Drums, um, all sorts of um, sort of military showmanship, which I have to say the British are pretty good at. And, and they focus on that and just watching their faces as... Um, you know, as the mass pipes and drums march onto the the castle esplanade, that's uh, oddly compelling. I can see how so many man hours or indeed woman hours are lost on YouTube. It's just um, it just sort of sucks you in, and six hours later you've watched a bunch of really strange people reacting to to music. Very strange. Mm. What else did I have? Oh, yes. And Erin uh, has been back in touch. Um, you know, she who's been burning down Glasgow and before that, then Canada. Um, she does something to do with fires anyway. Um, and and she pointed me to a, an article in The Atlantic, which I don't subscribe to, I'm, I'm sorry to say, um, about a cat plague that has been raging across Cyprus. And it's all COVID-related, funnily enough. Um, and I think, actually, there was a good news angle to the story in that um, sort of expired COVID medicine has been used to treat the cats. Um, and so they're, they're getting a bit better. Cyprus is full of cats. Um, so my local restaurant, um, on each table, you are equipped with a little water spray um, to, to discourage the cats who will come investigate your food uh, because they are utterly fearless. Um, there's one, that I have names for all of them, so I quite like animals. Um, but there's one that we call the, the owner's cat is called Kit Kat, <laughs> um, which is a, a, a chocolate bar, um, as, as some, some people may know. Um, and so we then started naming all the visiting cats along a similar sort of theme. So there's a black and white one that came along and he's called Oreo or Oreo. Um, and he has to be the hardest cat I have ever met because he was ferociously meowing and eventually decided to scratch my leg to get my attention. Um, so not literally, but I punched him, <laughs> flicked him on the nose and said, go forth somewhere else, Oreo. And he looked at me as if to say, is that all you've got, big boy? He didn't move. He didn't flick. He just looked at me. Like, okay, cool. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a big thing here, cats. And the British being the British, they, they have a tendency to feed the cats from the tables, mm. which really upsets the Cypriots because they don't want the cats there and it all gets very, very um, heated. But um, yeah, I, I, lovely article. Thank you very much, Erin. Uh, I believe she's now burning down the United States. So uh, look out if you're in, in North California. Uh, it, it's undoubtedly wherever Erin goes, everything bursts into flames. I think that's how it works, isn't it, Justin? I, I think she goes where the flames are, but, uh, you know, she hasn't been over here. So, uh, I'm not sure how this works. Uh, you know, uh, she's, she's probably delegated. Definitely. Somebody has, that's for sure. <laughs> what about you? What have you been up to other than whipping up and down to the coast? Uh, well, uh, I've been on the less podcast, but, uh, I also have to say though, Apple music can be crap. Um, especially, well, it's, it's, it's. Fresh release uh, season at oh, Apple, yes. which means everything's broken. Um, I've been trying to add uh, the 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 album, mm -hmm. boy, the 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 album that just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Um, from that we talked about from the last uh, show, uh, it has taken more attempts on every device that I have, and it still hasn't had it. You push a little button. It says, yes. Would you like to download it? You say yes. And you come back and it's like, well, where is it? And it's like, would you like to add it? Um, the most frustrating thing I've ever, mm. ever dealt with. I don't know what's going on with that one, but uh, I don't know. Do you have those things too? Uh, Apple Music is always a mystery to me. Um, I, I, As a user interface goes, it's as though they've tried to make it counterintuitive, which is, it's not really very Apple, to be honest. But yeah, as you say, trying to get um, some music onto your phone so that you can play it is immensely complicated for reasons I don't quite understand. You would have thought that would be the central function of the music app. But alas, no. Um, mm. I tend to listen to music now. Um, I sort of have it on my phone and airplay it to my um airpods so as you can imagine most of the time it doesn't work at all 
oh, AirPods, um, phones, Apple Music, uh, podcasts. Oh, 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 yes, we won't talk about um, those those wonderful little things called HomePods mm. that uh, have their own uh, sort of stereo syncopation mm -hmm. or mono or neither or one's playing one thing and one's oh, don't, so don't say it out loud justin because mine are behaving themselves shush oh okay all right uh, speaking of apple stuff uh we had the big event um that we um i think both fell asleep in <laughs> um new iphone and watch for you coming up because you're you're kind of due for all this stuff uh yeah i mean i wasn't particularly interested in the idea of a phone i mean i've got the 13 uh, so this is only sort of, you know, it'll be two years old now. Um, and uh, I, I carried the mini, the sort of the phone shaped phone. Uh, I'm not hugely keen on having an iPad that I slip into my pocket. It just doesn't seem seem right for me. So I wasn't that interested, really. And uh, after they'd finished the presentation, I remained uh, not interested. Uh, it seems to all intents and purposes identical to the to the last generation um which i haven't tried that either so i don't know i was kind of thinking of a watch because my watch is getting on a bit um i've got a series six so uh i think that means it's now going into its year four you know so it'll be a three-year cycle would be about right for me for the watch i think um and i was tempted by the ultra um because i don't yet have a tattoo on my wrist so um I'm, i don't have that particular problem and i quite like the idea of a bigger screen a brighter display more battery life uh and a little bit more sort of rugged for you know hiking and you know caminos and that sort of thing it seems like would be a good fit um and i made that mistake just sort of listening to all the rumors and so i was like oh black titanium yeah i quite like the idea of that yeah a bit more classic mm -hmm, like that except that was i think the only rumor that was wrong uh they haven't made a dark um ultra and in fact they haven't really made apple watch ultra 2 they've made apple watch ultra 1.1 uh or 1.2 i guess it, it seems a very incremental upgrade on, on the one that you have um I was like, oh, okay, uh, do I? Mm, yeah, mm. Uh, so no, I was I was pretty much unmoved by it. I mean, I, I assume that you've already ordered the iPhone 15 Pro Plus Ultra Whizbang. No, I have no. absolutely no interest in anything that they were pro promoting. No. Um, it, I don't know about you, but it seemed like the most lackluster promotional video from Apple that I've seen in some time. Um, and I get this is all incremental. The stuff's really good. You know, I, I was watching it in one window while I was working and uh, I didn't miss much. I was carry on working, mm. uh, nothing even tempting. Uh, the only change on the iPhone 15, well, titanium, I use a case anyway. It doesn't make a difference. Uh, weirdly, uh, you know, to kind of put this in perspective for me, I just bought Mrs. T a new computer because uh, she was rocking a 10 year old, um, MacBook air. And I looked at all the options and the prices and more specifically what she wanted. And of course, I, you know, I do the thing of, well, maybe I could upgrade and give her mine. Um, I ended up just getting her a base model mm -hmm. M1 air three years old. Uh, it saved me at least half the price of a spec up latest and greatest. My M1 does everything I need for work. Uh, my 2019 Intel does everything I need for podcasting and video production. Um, yeah, there was that their stuff has hit such a plateau mm -hmm. that it's really hard to go for anything else. True. The one thing that I would say though, and I'm going to talk about it a little bit more um if you don't have a cell phone that has the satellite uh and you're going to be out of cell range which uh, i am a lot of the time when i'm out in the backwoods um that would be the biggest reason for me not the fancy um uh camera stuff or anything like that that was the reason i upgraded mine last year and uh i tell you i've had uh, some days where i think that is just potentially the best uh product i've never had to use but knowing it's there it's just fantastic and makes you feel safe mm, yeah i mean i agree with you i've got i've got a macbook air 
um, an M1. It's it's a lovely little computer. It's um, the one I've got is uh, did I go for no? It's the eight meg one. It is you know it's not the two fifty six. It's five twelve, but um, it's the base model and it's brilliant. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, my main computer that I'm working on now is also an M1. Okay, it's it's in the um, uh, the studio, so um, it's a big, powerful box, way way more powerful than I need. Um, and I bought that with the idea that you know this will serve me for a time to come. Um, and you know, you have to say it's a good thing. The kit is good now that you know you feel less tempted to update every year because. Um, Let's face it, it's not cheap. And having invested in a decent computer or a decent phone, you know, why shouldn't you get three, four, five years out of it? Um, that's, that's to be applauded, I guess. But at the same time, you know, you sort of miss out on the excitement of, oh, something new and, you know, they're doing bigger things and greater things. Um, and, of course, we're all just getting a little bit weary of it, I guess. You know, we, we all understand now the marketing language that they use and, um, you know, the fastest chip ever, as if they were ever going to release something that was slower than the, the one for the year before. I mean, it's nonsense. Well, that's just on the non-pros. <laughs> exactly. And then, as you say, the differentiation, you look at it and you go, okay, so they're going to put that on that phone and then it's going to come to that phone next year. And okay, you know, do I care? Um, and you know, that you and I listen to probably less now than we used to, but similar sort of genre of podcasts who, you know, this is their content. <laughs> They're banking on making six episodes out of this. And so they will get into, you know, um, uh, well, the ins and outs of a duck behind on, on exactly how this does that and how that does this for functionality that a lot of people just simply don't know that's there. Um, but yeah, like you, Nothing in my house works anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Apple update season. Oh, it just has uh, played heck with everything in my house for F's sake. It's um, oof, the the worst time of the year. Um, and I had a problem with... So we have an app up here that um, we need to use uh, that basically gives us all of the alerts for uh, fires and... Uh, water restrictions and anything sort of in in the district that we're in um and it stopped working the other day uh it got as far as a load screen and uh, you know when there's a fire you know a a few kilometers away from your house one wants to be in the know mm. uh, so i updated to ios 17 sort of I think it was Monday, Monday or Tuesday, Tuesday morning it might have been, to try to fix this app, which eventually I did get running for no particular reason. Some combination of deleting it and updating everything and rebooting it, turning around three times, standing on one leg and making the right incantation. No reason whatsoever that this thing wouldn't have worked before. Anyway, uh, but once you start that, that triggers all of the updates everywhere. Uh, because now, you know, my my Apple TV is authenticated to my iPhone. So mm. all of a sudden I have to update that because that stops working properly. And it's just been one of those one of those weeks where, yeah, things are things are gonna take a while to settle down. Yeah, it's it's amazing how they uh, I mean, I have uh, quite a lot of announce uh, functionality on the phone. So when I'm wearing my headphones, um, which is generally speaking, I'll be driving or walking. Um, and I might be listening to a podcast, but if I get a message from the wife, I want it read to me or, you know, some basic things that are, you know, part of my enjoyment of the Apple infrastructure is that all that works and now it doesn't. Um, and I assume that when I can be bothered to go through the new settings and work out the new menu structure, I will find out the things and it's just been switched off for whatever reason. It's just like, was that really necessary? <laughs> That's about it. All right, Stu, let's get on with the show. Uh, what's your tool of the week? Uh, well, the tool of the week is Chi-Chi, um, not because I had to go and get her groomed and, and everything, but uh, I, I think she knew what was coming. I think she felt it in her waters. And so uh, she left me a leaving present. She um, she decided to go and trim the wiring uh, on the electric gates. Um, she removed everything that she deemed unnecessary, uh, which regrettably involved the power. So uh, I'm not sure if you got a little spark. I mean, it's it's a 12-volt motor, so I wouldn't have done an enormous amount of damage or anything, but a 24-volt, perhaps. But, um, 
yet she 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 ripped out the cable uh, that blew a fuse that was in a really really awkward spot um and so for about a week uh, the current mrs lennon is having been having to park her car outside she's not been impressed with that at all um I mean, it's all working now um and i suppose it's just chi chi's way of making sure that the sparky and i uh you know get to see each other mm. I, maybe she didn't like a new haircut she wanted a little more spike to it or something <laughs> could be know. could be wrong perfume perhaps oh boy ah oh, crazy stuff the things dogs do <laughs> they're sm- smarter than we give them credit for for sure what about you what was your tool of the week well it was disconnecting i took a day off work Stu. um and i disappeared into the woods for the weekend so i left on a thursday night and came back on on sunday so it was a nice getaway um Mrs. T was working this shift work thing. I don't see her for an entire month for the whole weekend. Uh, so our schedules are completely opposite. Mm. Um, uh, she wouldn't let me take Coco because while well, I was going up into the backwoods, probably a smart idea. I had a bear come and visit me in the camp the first night. Um, but it was, it was very, very relaxing. Um, there was no cell phone up there. Uh, I did try my Starlink, but, uh, I had to move out of the trees and I didn't do that till I was actually leaving more as a test to make sure it worked. Mm-hmm. I didn't need to talk to anybody. Everybody knew where I was, what, where I was. Um, but it was great. Uh, lots of nap time, lots of eating, lots of sitting, looking at an absolutely beautiful lake. I, I went hiking, um, yeah, it was, it was a rough life, Stu. It was so, so needed for me. Mm. Um, my comment earlier about, uh, well, the Apple iPhone satellite SOS system. Um, yeah, uh, some advice for everybody. If you are out in the woods, uh, out in the mountains, uh, and you decide to go off for a hike, make sure people know where you are. Um, I decided I was going to do something silly and, I figured there's a lake here. Let's go for a walk around it. Didn't realize two things. One, how big the lake was. And two, that there was, there were trails, but I didn't follow any of them because it's my first time up there. Uh, I was, well, I was on uh, basically the game trails, the paths, sometimes on a road, sometimes on a bike path, sometimes on, well, just a bear paw path. avoiding well bears mountain lions coyotes scat was everywhere um yeah it was uh it was interesting and i gotta say my iphone uh, was the reason that i carried on walking it didn't get get scared because nobody knew where i was i mean i'd still be hours away from rescuers finding me uh but you know if i got completely lost i could theoretically just dial out and that was uh very very comforting surprisingly uh, I also took my drone with me, so I figured if I got completely lost, I could throw it up in the air, pick a direction. I mean, it's a lake. Um, you know, if you keep going, and sooner or later you're going to get wet. So uh, I thought it should be okay, but it was uh, it was about a three and a half hour walk um, mm-hmm. up and down the mountains, and uh, just lovely. I found an old abandoned log cabin in the in the back of the lake, which is just the weirdest place. I think it must've been loggers maybe a hundred years ago. Um, yeah, it's just a really, really cool experience. I needed it. Get offline, disconnect, go out into the woods. My recommendation. Fantastic. Sounds lovely. I was, uh, what you writing with this week? What am I writing with this week? Oh, I've, um, inked up now the sailor 1911, which, um, the one that I've got is bright yellow. Um, and I've put in some sailor ink, some shiki ori, um, which is a sort of, um, it's like a light green, very, very nice. So sort of my little three, three hole pen block has now got the sailor pro gear, uh, ocean, sort of sunset over the ocean, sunset, ocean, ocean over the sunset, sunset over the ocean, I think, um, the Pelican M205 star Ruby. And now this bright yellow Sailor 911 is a very colorful little pen block. What about you? What have you got working this week? Well, I got to say, uh, I took my Pilot 823 uh, up into the woods. And because, well, I chose not to put on any, uh, I've got a TV, I've got music. I just chose to sit quietly. Lots of notes to myself, lots of thoughts, lots of journaling, using that pen oh my god it's the one pen to rule them all stew 
Uh, back at my desk, I've been using the Retro 51, surprisingly. Lots of notes, lots of stuff going on. Um, having something that I don't have to cap and uncap mm -hmm. is just quick and easy. I also inked up a Leonardo with uh, a different ink, the Graf von Faber Castell Seafoam Green. Uh, I needed a different color for a document markup that I was working on um, and loved it. Just absolutely loved it. Um, also, I get to go meet uh, pen people tomorrow, Stu. No. It is Pelican Hub tomorrow. And uh, well, the city to the north, which is the one I was closed off from, mm. now has a one-way alternating traffic arrangement. Okay. Uh, so it can be delays of up to about 30 minutes while you sit in a traffic light waiting for the other way to come through. Mm -hmm. But I can get up to that city with avoiding the three and a half de three and a half hour detour. So I actually get to go meet pen people, which I haven't done since I left Vancouver. So yay. Cool. The topic today, uh, desktop cleanup. Mm. Stu, this is something you suggested. Do you want to lead the way on this? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, I guess for me, um, I, I, for everyone, I, I think you're very, very lucky if your work sort of completely stops. I think that's just something that doesn't happen anymore. If you take uh, vacation or holidays, we would call it in the UK, you um, you invariably come back to a pile of work <laughs> that's just built up while you were away. Uh, so it hasn't really stopped as such. It's just been sort of, you know, not completed. But I do find that because I work for myself and I have a great deal of control over my workflow, um, it has taken on a seasonality. So there are times of the year when I get involved in doing new things, sort of big projects, initiatives. Uh, and then there are other parts of the year where I'm, I'm sort of just keeping things going, really. I'm doing a little bit of light admin and just maybe having a think about what big things I might want to take on. And I, it sort of a natural rhythm emerges, which in many ways is guided by lots of other things in my life. But I'm wondering, is that unique to me? I mean, you're, you know, there in the corporate world, JT. I mean, do, do you have a rhythm to your, to your year? My particular works rhythm isn't great. Um, because of some deadlines, uh, somebody once chose a uh, year end in the middle of summer, which uh, kind of messes things up. Um, my, my summers tend to be busier. Um, this year I was going to take a week off in July that got postponed because of work needs. Um, and I'll be lucky to get anything more than a long weekend, even up into October. And then well, November, the snow comes, uh, November 2nd, last year, we got snow and it stayed until March. So, uh, my, my vacations for October would just be prep work. So not terribly exciting. Um, I find that the rhythms of summer change when you don't have children in the house. Mm -hmm. Um, the school year is a big driver of rhythms when the kids break up, when the kids go back to work, you've got a short period of time in there that everybody wants to take vacation. And certainly I see that in, in the businesses I work for as well, uh, that people tend to take vacation when it's nice weather in the summer, go figure it's, uh, what people want to do. Um, so yeah, there is, there is some of that for me, my work largely been independent. Uh, I have less of that for seasonality there's nobody else telling me when i should take vacation i kind of take it if and when i can get it um and because nobody's going back to school in my house it uh, certainly lacks a little of that uh, that that seasonality mm -hmm. okay yeah because i mean you're right my my year now is very driven by by that exact seasonality not because i've got any kids but because mrs l works at a school so um she gets this big long summer holiday um, where, you know, essentially our entire life is turned upside down because suddenly she's here all day. Um, she's not getting up at five in the morning. So she wants to stay up beyond 9 p.m. Um, and 
there's a kind of imperative to to have some fun because she's not allowed to take any leave, you know, during the school year. So uh, it's you must go on holiday, which is you know the great scam of the holiday companies. All the flights get more expensive and uh, the hotels, etc. Whereas I'm used to sort of taking a holiday when I fancy it, and I would always, we would always in the past take holiday when the kids were at school because it would be cheaper, there'd be more availability. Um, and and no kids around. I mean, exactly. that's a bonus itself. <laughs> exactly. With the greatest respect respect to children, I don't necessarily want to spend my time uh, by the pool with 27 children. So um, now uh, I've sort of adapted my year to try and make some time so that we can go and do a few beach days. Um, if we want to go out into the city and stay out late at, you know, nice restaurants. And um, I have to sort of, amend my working routine to make that happen because during term time um you know we both go to bed about nine o'clock because um i know come five o'clock um she's going to want to be up i'm going to want to be up the dogs are going to want to be up the world begins i go off and play golf everything starts and uh frankly by nine o'clock i'm tired (laughs) ready to go to sleep uh so we have a, a big sort of switch over we stay up later the dogs are completely confused um, we eat out more. We will sit out outside the terrace, as you say. You know the weather's good, um, and we will try and um, you know get some beach days in or some visits. If we're not doing a uh, you know a big a big vacation where we're going to jump on a plane together, which we haven't done for a few years now, uh, that becomes a sort of kickback time work wise. I it's a quiet time for my businesses. Um, partly because, uh, as you say, other people are taking their holiday. Um, and partly because, you know, financial services does get quiet in the summer because everybody's focused on drinking wine and, uh, and playing golf. So that then creates for me, it creates a sort of backlog. So now that September, uh, you know, we're well into September or almost through September now, um, I have a lot of stuff on my plate. Um, me being me, I've also piled a load of stuff on my plate unnecessarily. So I've got another MBA, well, my last MBA module actually. Um, and I've got my, um, MBA dissertation is due in, in January. So I need to be working on it now. Um, plus work that's sort of stacked up from the summer. Plus I've got to do my, uh, my submissions for the two companies where their years finished. Uh, in the end of February and the end of March, respectively. Then I've got to do the personal tax returns. And I've got to try and, uh, well, I'm going to walk in Spain for a week. So I've got to try and make sure that all of my deadlines work around that. Um, and yeah, suddenly it's like from, oh yeah, life's cool, isn't this? Pretty relaxed. I'm I'm sort of 90% of the way to overwhelm. Uh, my whole summer's just been overwhelmed the whole time. Uh, but, uh, you know, to, to your point, as far as, uh, you know, being affected by your spouse's uh, summer schedule, I'm finding the opposite thing at the moment because, well, Mrs. T is working shift work at a hospital mm-hmm. and her days off vary every week. So uh, I don't see her on a weekend for the entire month of September. Wow. And, uh, you know, she's working every weekend there. And then for the month of October, she's at home every weekend. So it's a, it's a very odd thing, you know, after, well, two years of, uh, her not working at all. And then before that she was working a Monday to Friday job. Um, this is sort of a big change. It's the first time we've been affected like this, uh, which, you know, is, is great for me. I can go off and do my stuff on the weekends, but, uh, certainly we've, we've lost that ability to spend as much time together and do things together. And it does affect things, you know, it's affected part of the reason that I wasn't worried about scrapping my summer vacation for work because, you know, uh, she was working. So, uh, sure. yeah, it, it is affecting me. Um, you know, uh, the child had been older. Um, she is the point now where she's on her own schedule. She's not governed by the artificial summer, 
uh, let's do let's do summer things now. We can do those things as a family anytime. So yeah, it uh, it is a huge factor that uh, I completely see from the other side. I as we're not getting that holiday together, mm-hmm. so uh, planning next year is going to be uh, certainly a little more challenging. How we're gonna how we're gonna do things because uh, my my job has always been I take the time off when I can. Um, yeah, sure. Because yeah, you know uh, my work. Uh, you know, the, the kind of stuff I do doesn't really go away all year long. There's always something to do. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I have that break. Uh, I'd love to. Anybody who's got any suggestions for how I could take it, that would be fantastic. Well, I mean, what I do with this now, now that I get to this day, first of all, is I sit and look at my um, task manager in my diary and everything and just go, oh, my God, I don't know what to do. Um, and then, uh, well, I just revert to to type. So... Um, I, I try and do a whole sort of get things done approach and say, okay, let's get on this. Let's do a brain dump, uh, get everything out of my head, uh, either into a notebook or more often now in, onto little folietto cards. Um, so each, each thing that comes into my mind that has to be done or a project, I, I don't worry too much about the wording. I just, I just write them on folietto cards and then throw them all into the intro. Um, I get into all my inboxes, whether they be, you know, in trays or, inboxes in the digital world i get everything out of there maybe again onto folietto cards maybe just directly into task manager um i do a complete review of all my projects i do a complete review of all of the projects even the ones that are sitting in the sort of you know some someday maybe i have a whole sort of start again feel it's like it's like a new year almost um i get into the the clear up so looking at what's in my desktop and my downloads folders in my directories, have I put things in the right place? Have I filed them away properly? Is there anything I, I've duplicated? Um, I just try and, you know, exercise some control. It, it makes me feel in control, even if it doesn't mean anything. Um, I do the same thing physically. So I get into all my desk drawers and I've got loads of those. I've got two desks. Uh, one has got two big drawers and another one has got a big stack of drawers next to it. And then I've got the pen drawers as well. So I would get into all of those and clean them up and scan things in for, for document storage or throw things away. Just, again, exercising agency over, over my office. Uh, and then I get, get into a little bit of time planning and, you know, looking at those key deadlines that, that, that never go away. So, you know, MBA deadlines or um, accountancy deadlines or submission deadlines for um statutory returns and all that sort of stuff and i think okay and oh i can't do that then because i'm in spain for 10 days so what am i going to do okay i'm going to need to move that to here and get that done before i go there and just begin to get a feel of what my my rest of year if you like is going to look like um and then try and sort of work that back into some some rudimentary time blocking which is you know okay for nero's notes i need half a day put pull together the accounts and you know make the final submissions clean up any errors there are you know reallocate stuff that's in the wrong place uh it doesn't actually take very long because i use a um i use zero with an x um there are lots of different softwares out there it's a very simple business you know i have a i have a shopify store uh, which reports to my um accounting system i have bank accounts that report to my accounting system so mostly i spend the year going okay when the system says, ah, this hundred pounds from Justin Twyford, does it relate to this transaction of a hundred pounds called Justin Twyford? Yes, it does. I mean, that's kind of my account. Um, so it doesn't actually take very long to clean them up. I think Justin's accounts probably are a much, much bigger deal than that. Um, but they sort of sit there as this sort of brooding um, obligation, because this is when you can get in trouble as a small business owner is screwing up your account. So um, I get all those things into the calendar, put some time to them. And, you know, by this time next week, because all of this is is happening uh, tomorrow, um, I'm going to play golf in the morning because clearly that's sacrosanct. Mm. But after golf, that's me then. For the length of the weekend, however long it takes, I will be going through this whole process. So that by the end of the weekend, um, or indeed Monday, I will have everything sorted. I'll be in control. And what what makes me laugh actually is that this all bleeds into the rest of my life. 
So my, my sock drawer will almost un- almost certainly have been tidied up by the end of the weekend. Um, my um, so anything that over which I have control in the house, which is fairly limited, the current Mrs. L keeps quite a tight rein on that stuff. I will have done some sort of rationalisation, so I would have cleaned some stuff out, or it just it it's a way of, it's some sort of psychological thing, just exercising control. Very good. Um, yeah, I could use a little bit of that at the moment. I've been running. Well, basically, if if it isn't uh, part of any of the things that are going on at the moment, I'm kicking it down the Can I push this back? Yes, I can. I'll deal with it next week. I'll deal with mm. it the week after. Um, so I, I haven't had a lot of time to sit and plan. Um, you know, it's one of those things I probably should have done more on my weekend away, but I was just, you know... Um, I just needed a break from it all. Yeah. And so that was, that was just time for me. Um, and it's, it's weird. I'm in that weird situation. I'm sure you've been there too, at different points in your life where you have, you are juggling so many different projects and variables and big things going on that you almost don't have time to reorganize and sure. uh, set a direction. It's just literally forcing yourself, uh, to, to go from this project to this project to this project to get everything rolling down the same the same hill in the same direction, mm. which none of it wants to do, surprisingly enough. No, I mean it's it's absolutely where I am now. It's it's a case of looking and going, you know, why am I doing this MBA? I don't need this hassle. I don't need this problem. I don't need this problem. And it's it's all symptoms of overwhelm, and it's always solved by making that time to say, yeah, I've got hundred and one things to do, and I'm not going to do them. Uh, I'm going to do this. And you're, you're absolutely right. The first thing you have to do is R&R, because if, you're, um, if your brain is not up to it, then you're not going to produce anything useful at all anyway. You need to get yourself rested, and then you need to find that time, whether it be you know, an hour or four hours, to say, okay, I am now going to make a plan for you know, this week, this month, this quarter, whatever it's going to be, um, and just start reeling in a bit of control and part of that as you say is saying well this thing doesn't need to be done right now i don't need to worry about that this thing maybe doesn't need to be done at all who knows but yeah you've got to find that time um and it's 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 a challenge it always is and when you look back you always go oh why didn't i do that earlier i feel so much better for being in control now Mm. but i guess it's just part of the process it's a cycle you have to get to that point of going oh wow i've got too much to do here i really need to get on top of this one thing I will say, though, uh, about having too much to do is the use of a task manager is fantastic because even though I, I'm not going as far as organizing my sock drawer like Stu, um, the ability to really have a visual on what you need to do, what you can defer is, is amazing. I mean, I'm, I'm running kind of wild at the moment, but I still have my task manager, my practice of putting things in there. So nothing is getting missed, Sure. which means that even though things are getting pushed back, the things that aren't important, I still know what my deadlines are. I know what those hard stops are and I, I can deal with those. I can deal with those things that I, I need to do while still been, you know, more ragged than one would prefer to be. Um, do you, have you done anything going through your, your whole task management? Have you made any changes there? I know you said you're using the GTD cards and the cleanup. Mm. Um, has, has that uh, presented any changes? Do you have your system set up, Stu? Yeah. I know you were working on it earlier this year when we were. Yeah, no, it's still, I mean, all of that sort of, um, analog stuff, uh, feeds into things. I use things. I know you're an omni-focused guy, but, um, everything goes into things. Ultimately that's my, my, what you call it? One trusted source. So just as you described all of those things that are, you know, vitally important that have deadlines attached live in things and there are times when i've been feeling sort of demotivated disinterested a little bit under the weather uh where the only things that i have giving me any sort of alerts on things there's a lot of things in that sentence but i think you know what i mean 
are, you know, proper deadlines, things that I have to do. And those have, have been the sort of minimum viable output is if I do that, I do this. So stuff like, you know, really basic stuff like, you know, the trash. Oh, it's trash day today. Okay, I've got to bother my backside to go and fill the trash bag, empty all the little bits here, get it to the right place. Because if I don't, the you know, the, the house stops functioning as it should. This client needs a call from me. They will get that call. And it may be that I'm hoping that nothing serious comes from it, but I will make the call because I've undertaken that I will call them on a certain, you know, uh, sort of time period. So those things go through through things and the bigger projects, the things that you can move around in your in your year or in your week or in your they live there too. And I've just been sort of shunting those about. But they are they're out of shape, they're flabby, they're not all up to date. I need to sit down and dedicate some time just to to sharpen it up. So I'm I'm sort of at that minimum viable use of the, of the system but it's doing its job. And a week from now, it will be, you know, much, much more involved in what I'm doing. Um, it will be more up to date. It'll be in sort of top gear rather than second gear, but yeah, it's the same system. Yeah. It's, it's great when you have something like that, that you could fall back on because otherwise it's so easy to, to miss something important. For sure. Um, do you have, as much of an impact with seasonality as we do in my area and other areas in, well, I'm assuming North America and perhaps uh, Europe as well. Does, um, does winter come and change everything for you? Does fall change everything? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's huge. Um, I mean, first of all, I'm married to a Mediterranean. I don't mean a sea, uh, I mean a person of the Mediterranean. So um, they have a really interesting sort of view on seasons. Seasons are determined by time and date. Uh, so Cypriots now, it's it's the same temperature now as it was sort of two, three weeks ago. So during the day, we're getting to about 30 degrees, 31, 32 Celsius. So still warm, um, but everybody's now wearing uh, long pants because it's September, we don't really do shorts. After the 15th of September, you know, it's, it, you gotta be wearing trousers and people are wearing long sleeves. And nothing white after Labor Day. Is that the way it works? Yeah, that sort of stuff. And I'm, I'm sitting there in my shorts going, it's really hot, I'm gonna wear shorts. Uh, but for my wife, that is completely, I mean, she can't understand how, that, how I could do that. And certainly for the Cypriots, they do exactly the same thing. They dress for the season. They have now decided that it is autumn and therefore the autumn wardrobe comes on and whatever the weather is doing is irrelevant to that as far as they're concerned. Um, and they genuinely feel cold. And you say, well, it's the same temperature as it was two weeks ago. No, no, it's colder. No, objectively, it is the same temperature as it was two weeks. No, it's colder. Okay, there you go. You feel colder, you feel colder. Um, so yeah, it does. And um, already my wife pushes to eat earlier. <laughs> so during the summer we might eat at seven eight o'clock at night um and now it's you know it's seven at the latest at half past six you know six o'clock's not bad um and the the restaurants now have this um if you're a restaurant in cyprus now you have sort of two sittings you have the brits who are all coming to eat at six o'clock and then the cypriots are all coming at nine o'clock um and it's uh we're moving towards hibernation because once winter comes here, which is nothing like as dramatic as it is in where you are or, or in most of North America, we, we just don't, don't go out after dark. It's, like, oh, it's cold. I'm going to sit inside with my heating. It's not really cold. You would consider it mild and maybe put a sweater on. But uh, Cypriots would go, oh, no, 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 no. Three degrees? No chance. I'm not going out. That's it. Uh, I will go out under sufferance in the morning when it's three degrees with all of my sweaters on uh, and get immediately to work where they will heat the room to 30 degrees. Um, but yeah, it, it does have a big impact on the way. And because Margaret works in a school and she has all of this influence around it, it's even more pronounced now. I used to ignore all these things that didn't bother me because my office is underneath my house. Um, but she has the whole sort of social conditioning now. So she'll come back, oh, it's freezing. Oh, it's not. It's not really, but we're acclimatizing too. So we actually do feel cold at 20 degrees. Yeah. 
Yeah, out here, it's uh, just a, a huge amount of work to prep for winter. So fall is sort of the season of prep. Uh, spring is the season of, well, prepping for summer. So it's uh, it's very weird how much uh, seasonality affects this, more so than a date on a calendar, because September can be, well, it could be hot, it could be cold. Uh, we're getting temperatures now in, well, today's a high of 18 degrees. Right now it's uh, 10 degrees Celsius, um, which is not particularly warm. At uh, 18 degrees, you're putting a hoodie on. Um, you know, it's uh, long pants are back. Uh, I had to dig out socks again because, you know, I haven't worn long pants or socks all, all summer. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in uh, if, if we're, we're doing the same thing, Coco used to go for a walk just before bed because uh, that was the time the pavement was cool enough that she could actually walk on it. Now that's right after work because otherwise it's too dark and the bears come out mm -hmm. and there's a bear in our neighborhood again. Um, so we've got to be a little bit cautious about that. He's been to our neighbors right behind us a couple of times uh, trying to get into their garbage. So um, yeah, we got to always got to watch Coco around here. Sure. Uh, the deer are back. It's, it's just one of those things, right? Uh, we've got, uh, the apple harvest on at the moment. So oh, side of time. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a lovely smell, but, uh, yeah, uh, lots of wildlife coming, but it really does change, uh, sort of how we structure our days. There's no consistency that we have, um, October, well, anything that's outside is going to freeze in November. So all of a sudden you've got to uh, blow things out, uh, you know, do a whole bunch of work on stuff because you just can't work in the freezing. So sure. lots and lots and lots of weather-driven things that I think are, for me, going to be more of a hit um, in my face than the whole September I'm back to school is, you know? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously – with our sort of mild climate, I don't have any of that. I mean, the most I have is there'll be there'll be some reminders will pop up and things to schedule a you know a boiler service, a furnace service. That, that that'll be it, really. Stu, you could trade me any day. <laughs> I could use a some heat. Thirty degrees would be lovely again. A little bit of light would be fantastic. And more than anything else, uh, not having to do all this work before winter would be great. Mm. All right, Stu. Any takeaways? Nothing spectacular, really. What just what we've said, you know. I, I think we as as humans are conditioned to live in seasons, and uh, those things will will spill over into your work. They will spill over into your energy levels, and I think it's just worth acknowledging that. And so I'm getting pretty good now at knowing what time of the year I can take new things on, and what time of the year I'm just battening down the hatches and, and trying to get through. So yeah, just give it a little thought when you get the time. Hmm. Um, I, mine is actually living here seasons, nature seasons are dramatic. They don't follow a calendar. They follow their own time. Uh, I've got three wardrobes full of, of clothes stew. I have a summer wardrobe, a winter wardrobe and a spring slash autumn. Cause it's the same wardrobe. Um, and nature governs more my life than any arbitrary schedule. Hmm. Um, moving up here from Vancouver is a rainforest. It's very, very temperate. There's not a huge amount of variance, uh, all year round, you know, uh, a thick winter jacket in Vancouver is a fall day, um, warm-up jacket here. It's completely different, but I'm certainly learning to enjoy and embrace every season. Um, there's pros and cons. Your life changes drastically every season, but it's also lovely as well. Um, and nature, I'm starting to like nature. Who'd have thought, Stu? Who'd have thunk it? All right. Where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, well, you can find my writing, uh, at stuartlennon.com, uh, where I've just written about, uh, Chi-Chi and I'm, well, tomorrow will be a five years since I moved to Cyprus. So that was published something about that. Um, uh, you can find my work on anti-money laundering consulting. Why would you want to? At limeconsulting.com or on X at Lime Consult 
or on Facebook as Lime Consulting, Instagram as Lime Consulting 2023. Nero's Notes, wonderful stationery store, as recommended by none other than Julian Simpson. You can find at nerosnotes.co.uk or on X as Nero's Notes or Facebook as Pocket Notebooks. Don't ask. And on Instagram as Nero's Notes. What about you, Justin? Where can people find you? Largely keeping quiet. Uh, you can find me justintoyfer.com. It's got links to everything. I do have a video coming of my weekend away and uh, the hike around the lake. So if you're interested in that, uh, YouTube at Beyond Your Front Door. Uh, please take a moment if you like what we're doing and you have any comments, feedback, uh, please send us an email to stationaryjacent at gmail.com. All right, Stu, our next topic, using an assistant. Ooh. Until then, goodbye and stay productive. Yes, us.